Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome back to our episode with Dennis Mortimer, part two, Champions of Europe. Obviously, the reasoning left, Ron's never really discussed it. You know, you can, you know, in that book about Ron and out, out here on it, what was it called again? Uh, it's called the Ron's the, book. The, the Odd Man Out by Grant. The Odd Man Out, yeah, because yeah. I did read it. I've read that, you know. Yeah. In, in that book, there's no, there's no definitive answer. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's, there's plenty of speculation. Because obviously Ron, Ron's only quoted from what he quoted to the press. He's never quoted to the guy who wrote it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. all, it's all, you know, sort of what the guys picked up, you know, from the newspapers at yeah. the time. So Ron, Ron, Ron doesn't have to have any input in that book. Mm. Yeah, besides what is written by what he's actually said before. So you don't really know. Yeah. Uh, what what uh, what's gone on between the pair of them, and neither of them was quite, was happy enough to say, well, this is why Ron's gone, mm. or Ron turning around and saying, this is why I've left. Just absolutely bizarre to think that he built such a you know a, a great team or teams at Villa been successful. He's going to the um, well, the quarterfinal of the of the European Cup. He's going to finish the job that he ultimately started, and then in the February decides to leave. But more bizarrely, and I say this more bizarrely, on the twentieth of February, he um, he yes. he is the <laughs> manager of Birmingham City at St Andrews, who were. Uh, entertaining Aston Villa and as irony as it the final piece to Ron Saunders jigsaw Peter Witt scores the winning goal in uh, Ron's first game for Birmingham City and I do remember because I was there at the time and I remember Blues fans singing we'll take more care of you Saunders Saunders (laughs) and Villa singing you must be mad Saunders and and I think that the Villa were right that he must have been barmy and and you look at him you just think was that a bit of payback to Villa to go to the arch rivals Birmingham City because like it's just just a no yeah, you you got to remember as well. He went to West Brom then. Yeah, so. He did, but that that was kind rounds. of he, yeah, that was after. Yeah. But but the the rivalry between Birmingham City yeah. and Aston yeah. Villa to leave Villa and then Jim Smith was sacked and Ron Saunders coming to Birmingham. You're thinking, oh my God, what's going on here? It's yeah. just bizarre. Well, and then Villa Villa yeah. turn off. Well, obviously Ron didn't want to be out of work very long. Well, this is very true, yeah. Yeah, you know, he, he, mm. he had a family to look after. Yeah. And he, he didn't want to uh, be sort of, sort of languid, languid, lounging around his house and everything and mm. waiting for someone to knock on the door. I mean, nice meant... house he got. <laughs> yeah, 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 nice house, yeah. But so it was local as well, so it, it, it didn't mean he'd have to, up, up, you know, sort of uproot everybody and yeah. family and everything. So it, he was just looking after himself there, Paul. Yeah. I... I, I I wouldn't have thought mm. Ron felt, you know, this is two fingers up to 
Mr. Bendel or, or the Villa fans. Yeah. Ron was Not just doing fans, what yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ron was just doing what he felt he needed to do for the family. Yeah. And I'm sure going to Birmingham, you know, is is a bit like me going to Birmingham City as a as a player. Yeah. You know, which I did do. Yeah, you, did. you know, at the end of my, my career. You know, it was I wasn't looking forward to it. Yeah. You know, because I was an Aston Villa ex player. Mm. Uh, and I knew the reaction I'd probably get for the fans. Uh, and but Ron's gone over there. The fans maybe thought, "Hey, up! We've got a, a manager who's had lots of uh, lots of success. Won the title last year with his team. Uh, team's now into the quarterfinal of the the European Cup. He decides to leave. Crikey, this guy is serious to come to Bergamo City. Yeah, is he going to bring something magic to us?" Uh, he didn't. <laughs> no, <he> never. <laughs> no one's ever brought any magic to Birmingham. Paul Daniels couldn't bring magic to Birmingham, Dennis. Let's be yeah, honest. Uh, no, so so, <laughs> but it, I, I, he did that simply because he, he, it was a job. It was he wanted to do what he was always, he, he was uh, born to do, and that was be a manager. Mm. Yeah, he wanted to be there with players, uh, and 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 managers always think that they can get more out of players. Yeah, but sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Did you see Ron after the game? Did you bump into him? I, I, I can't time? remember if I did, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, Ron Ron would have obviously been off doing press, re, uh, press uh, yeah, of course. What's the name? interviews yeah, and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and we wouldn't have gone anywhere near that area. Uh, and obviously I wouldn't have. I mean, I don't remember. I mean, Ron... I think that I think when he was at West Brom, I think uh, I I sort of spoke to him more then. When we, I think I was, uh, I think I was later on when I was playing with Brighton. I think, and I think we played against West Brom, and I think Ron was manager then. Mm. And I, I think I remember seeing Ron and just felt that he didn't look, he didn't look good. Yeah, I just felt that mm. the pressure of Obviously, Birmingham City and then West Brom. Oh, God, blimey. Kill anybody just, off that would uh, Yeah, no, I, I, just, I just looked at Ron and thought to myself, you're not looking well. So you're I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to say that to him. Yeah, but, uh, but he, he certainly wasn't looking. Yeah, uh, he didn't look as if he had that strength. No. That he, he looked when he was with Villa. He, he always looked very sure of himself. Mm. Uh, but I, I, I felt... When, when I saw him at uh, West Brom, I just thought, Ron, I think it's time that you left yeah. Yeah, and got out of it. You don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't soon after that that he did. He did do the thing, he sh- you know, that uh, he needed to do mm. was, was to, you know, to get out of the job. And what you uh, needed to do, Dennis, was uh, go over to Dynamo Kiev and put yes. them to the sword. It was a nil-nil draw. In, but it wasn't in Kiev, was it? You played no. 300 miles um, south of um, Siberia, wasn't it? And you were expecting to stay in Yalta, in a coastal town, but you didn't. And no. the reception wasn't particularly very good, but the reception was better than the uh, the sandwiches or cubs that you were given. Sid had a cockroach <laughs> in his, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. I, th- I, th- I think, you know, uh, again... Looking at looking at Rob's, you know it's, it's interesting again. The attendance was twenty thousand 
in the in the stadium. Yeah, it was. Yeah. When you, when you looked at it, it looked as if it was more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was there was no there was no roof on the on the ground. It was just all open. Yeah. Yeah. Which must have been a disaster for for playing there and for the fans because oh, you know God, oh. the weather there must have been at times atrocious. Yeah. Well, it would have been. Uh, I mean, it was March then, but it was was it still yes. icy cold? I mean, because it's. Well, I think that's why we didn't go. Yeah, that's why we didn't go to the original place. Yeah. Because uh, uh, because of 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 the weather. Mm. Yeah, I think it was a. Was it was this? Uh... So on February nineteenth, a directive from European footballers' governing body. That the Dynamo Club must confirm a venue with four, within four days. So they hadn't confirmed the venue, as the and there was only four days to go before the game. He played in the salt mines. Anyway, the deadline was duly met, even if Villa were a little wiser for finally knowing where they would be playing. So that it was now being played in Simferopol. Yeah, I couldn't pronounce Capital it. Capital of the Crimea, yeah. Yeah. 300 miles south of Kiev. Yeah. yeah. It was, it, I suppose it was, it says it, it was a name, this is what Rob puts it, it was a name which meant nothing down with him way. <laughs> <laughs> but at least preparations for the 2,000 mile journey into unknown territory <laughs> would finally be set into motion. I don't know how many fans would have made the way. I think, I think we, it was, they came on a chartered flight with us, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that was, the thing as well about our trip was, is that uh, usually we would leave straight after the game. Yeah, on that evening, uh, but we couldn't do that. Yeah, with uh, with this game, uh, they wouldn't. It wasn't allowed to fly at that time of night. Yeah, so oh. we we had to stay overnight on that one. Yeah, so it was. Uh, so this is the interesting thing. So <laughs> so we we had to go by their airline, Aeroflot. Yeah, it, it was a hundred a hundred and sixty seater jet. Which took off for Birmingham on the first day of March. The players and officials were accompanied by, and this is the interesting thing, 150 steaks, 12 yeah, dozen eggs, yeah. and 100, 112 pounds of potatoes, bread, <laughs> cereals, coffee, and tea. It was perhaps pro- it was it was perhaps just as well given the shortage of food in Russia at the time. <laughs> Even if Villa's culinary caution. Could be could initially be rendered a futile exercise. Yeah, so that's what we had to do. You know, it was, well that was, you know, I, I think those who were sort of dealing with, you know, the the logistics of it, thought it would be a good idea. Yeah, yeah. to uh, to to put a few things on the plane which uh, should 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 be run out of food. Yeah, I mean, there was uh, enough um, steak there yeah. for your weekend, wasn't there? It was really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No wonder we. Yeah, 150 steaks. I, I don't know how long that lasted. Yeah. No, when it was nil-nil, you couldn't move running around. Yeah. I, I'd be interested to know how many Russians pinched our food as well. Yeah. Well, let's taste this steak. Let's see what it's all about. Oh, yeah. dear God. No, the, it was, uh, the no, replay, that was a trip. The yeah. second but, game, second yeah. leg. Yeah. Uh, you won 2 nil. We did. And somebody, yeah. um, somebody had a dislocated elbow. Yeah, painful. I did, yeah. But there's there's some really good uh, info about when we went in, in you know, because I just got to talk about the rooms that we had uh, quickly. 
uh, Paul. Is yep. that? And, and if you remember, you remember Terry Weir, uh, who was the club photographer. Oh, Phil, I don't know. Did you know him? Terry? No, no, I didn't. no. Okay, so so Terry went everywhere with us. He was the actual official club photographer. Yeah, really? and um, this is something. Uh, this is a quote by Gary. They messed us around a lot. Some of the lads took photographs of the hotel rooms. There were no curtains at the windows. It was difficult to get up water. And it, the hotel staff insisted on giving us early morning calls we hadn't asked for. The noise outside during the night was pretty bad too. They did everything they could to put us off. Right. So there was a there was some shenanigans going on, you know, with their supporters shouting and, yeah. and making a noise and everything. At least uh, club photographer uh, Teddy Weir helped to keep the players' spirits up. Famous at Villa Park down the years for his endless supply of wine gums and sharp wit, Weir walked into his Spartan bedroom and declared, it looks like I've already been burgled. <laughs> at breakfast the next morning, he again had the assembled gathering in his fits of laughter when he quipped, I didn't mind the dead bed bugs. But I objected to all the family coming to the funeral. <laughs> and, and there's actually a picture. There's actually a picture in the book, yeah, uh, in the Road to Rotterdam, of the toilet, and uh, it looks like one of those things. Those toilets you 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 would see in train spotting. <laughs> you know, with with dirt and everything all around the, you know, the the, the pedestal. Oh, the, 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 the the lid on the on where the water comes out there's nothing on it yeah. oh my so the, you're hovering the, yeah you know so and there's no toilet seat <laughs> which is the worst thing because uh, <laughs> the toilet seats left a lot to be desired the skipper adds the seats weren't attached to the WC and we, <laughs> we joked that we would have to carry them around with us in case someone went into our rooms and nicked them <laughs> So it wouldn't get much on TripAdvisor these days, that hotel. <laughs> no, no, I think, I would think things have changed now. <laughs> I would have thought so. I mean, yeah. for, for sure, Zoo, with the punch bowl down the road, I, I'm, not, I'm surprised that he was, <laughs> was, was moaning about the uh, the locals making a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, no, it was, it, it, it was, it was very interesting. Yeah, and there's a there's a really good picture in here of the Villa supporters. Uh, in Kiev, with the with Lich, Litchfield villains of all places. Right, yeah. okay, Litchfield. Yeah, there's a flag here with Litchfield villains on. Yeah, villains uh, always had great support. You know, Litchfield and in the shires and 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 out of Birmingham as well as inside of Birmingham. But I suppose yeah. that comes by being successful, doesn't it? It does. But the interesting thing in that game is that uh, that was uh, Andy Blair made his, his uh, introduction into Europe as well in what? that game. Uh, Des had to go and play alongside Ken McNaught because uh, yeah. Alan Evans was injured. Uh, so Andy Blair dropped into the midfield with myself and Gordon and Tony Bashoji was there. Uh, and uh, yeah, so and the the added the the other added player there was uh, Gary Shelton. Yeah, right. Okay, uh, yeah. It had come at the same time as uh, we came the season before, uh, and he was again a young lad who who Ron had plucked from uh, Walsall at yeah. the time. Yeah, I think I think what was interesting in that first the first quarter final, there was you know we 
I didn't know any of the players in that team. I don't think many of us did, except one player that was Oleg Blocking. Yeah. Yeah. Now he he played in the away game, and and he he was a bit like uh, he played a little bit like Ruminiger. You yeah, know, he was, he was good player uh, blocking. Good player, mm. good player. You know, uh, and so we, he I think he was the you know again they were a very fit, strong team uh, uh, as we expected, uh, but you know they they. they you know, they did. We we stopped them from creating too many chances and mm. opportunities, and you know, we we really nullified that that threat. I think from blocking, blocking. He didn't play in our in our home game. Yeah. Right. Looking at the teams, he didn't play against us. Yeah. So. So I think Dynamo. I think Dynamo. Wherever they say it, yeah. I'm sure that means army. So be the army. I'm sure it does army team of yeah, Berlin yeah. and the army team of Kiev. I'm sure because I mean Dynamo Kiev, they were um, they were quite a side um, back yeah. in the day. They were, and say Blocking was one of the one of the best players because again it wasn't uh, they didn't play as Ukraine. It was all part of the USSR, wasn't it? And I, yeah. I remember as a kid watching uh, uh, them uh, Kiev team and um, certainly watching the USSR and they. Uh, they had some good players, and he was uh, he was the head boy. He was the top man there of that side, blocking. Yeah, I, I, I suppose uh, mm. we should say as well, Paul, that obviously with the resignation of uh, of, of Ron, uh, Tony Barton, who was like class's assistant manager of the football club. Yeah, Tony was brought in now to uh, to steady the ship. Mm. So th- there was no going out now. You know, and thinking, oh, let's bring in uh, a known manager. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was a big help, really, because if someone else come in, they might have decided that the most important thing was the league position mm. and not playing in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they might have decided that, you know, we're going to put all eggs in sort of making sure that we, we make our way up the league. Yeah, and start winning games because we we weren't winning games. You know, it was a disastrous season. As yeah. I said, like six wins in twenty five games. It mm. was it was it was awful. Too many draws. Yeah, but uh, so you know, it was uh, it was important yeah, that you know with with uh, Tony taking over that he knew everybody. We knew him. Uh, we know he wouldn't be anything like Ron. Mm. Uh, you know, because uh, there's only one of him. Yeah, so, you know, the thing was, was just to get on with it. Ron, uh, Tony had the job. He, he wasn't going to make any mis- uh, any changes to the team. Uh, you know, I don't think he, I think one of the things was, is probably that we didn't have the money to buy players anyway. This might have been one of the reasons why Ron had, you know, decided to, to pull the plug, uh, plug. But anyway, you know, this, this was, uh, you know, this was important part stage for us having Tony in charge but you know what he did what he did really was just uh, let us get on with it yeah, yeah. because I, I just felt at the time we had a, we had enough character in the team uh, and and although you know we'd lost Ron if you ask many most footballers when people come and go at a football club you might have been your best mate who's mm-hmm. gone yeah but you don't now go into a mope and start, you know, sort of thinking, oh, well, he's gone now. I'm not very happy here. You know, so Ron's gone. We're not all going to sort of stand around thinking, oh, well, what do we do now? Yeah. We we just get on with it. 
and 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 that's what we had to do. We had to get on with it, yeah, and uh, just, just sort of get into the game, yeah, and do what we we were setting out to do, and that was to try and win the game. And on Paddy's day, St Patrick's Day, uh, nineteen eighty-two, that's what you did—a two-nil win against Kiev. Saw you through to the next round against Anderlex. Gary Shaw and a Ken McNaught goal. Um, 38,579. So the economy in Birmingham was picking up as well. There was almost a full house there. Tremendous yes. goal by Shawzer. He's done his like w- wiggly worm kind of act, hasn't he? He made himself yes. that bit of space. And, and uh, I suppose if we're being critical the goalkeeper he could have got down there and, and kept it out but surely it's a great strike and an early strike as well and I think he probably caught him on uh, on the on the f- bit flat footed the goalkeeper and it's at 1-0 Villa and you're on your way aren't you? That's absolutely yeah you know it, it proved a, a tough game away yeah, yeah so uh, there was no escaping the fact all that you know coming to Coming to Villa Park, uh, it was it was going to be a difficult game to play against them again. Yeah. You know, as I said earlier, very fit, very strong, uh, and and again, we we knew that we'd have to be at our best. And even as I say, even though our our, our club form was disappointing, uh, there's nothing better than a a game, you know, under floodlights. Uh, especially a game now which can take you into the semi-final of the, yeah. the European Cup. Uh, so, you know, it, it's we we stuck at it. We got the goals that 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 we needed. I think Ken's obviously came later on in the game, but it was uh, nonetheless uh, a goal that that we needed just yeah. to make sure, you know. But again, we kept a clean sheet in two games. Both games were a clean sheet. So. I think that just uh, said a great deal about our defensive qualities. Uh, the, you know, the Jimmy and goal, Alan Evans and Ken McNaught dealing with uh, anything down the middle. Mm. You know, so it was, uh, it was, it was another good show, and we're through. But you know, the the thing from my point of view is at the end of the game, as you mentioned, yeah, 88th minute, I've gone down. I've been tripped on the edge of the box. I've been played a one-two, and I've fallen. Badly onto my left el- uh, left arm, and and at the time, I think I'm thinking that, that I've, I've broken my arm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but after getting to the hospital, about an hour and a half after the game, it couldn't have happened at a worse time. 88th minutes. Yeah. Whistle goes t- two or three minutes after, and the fans are leaving the ground. <laughs> the doc, the doc, decides to sort of take me in his car. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there with the fans, yeah, <laughs> all trying to get away from Villa Park. The hospital's what only five minutes away into into Birmingham. Yeah, and I've spent an hour, over an hour, in the car in uh, probably a lot of pain. Yeah, but at the same time, I've I've got no idea what I've done. Yeah, yeah. so it wasn't until we got to the hospital that you know they took an X-ray, and uh, it was just deemed that I'd. Uh, I strained a lot of ligaments in, in my elbow. So uh, I think that was fortunate. If I'd have done anything worse than that, then maybe that that could have been could have been the end of my season. I don't know, Paul. Mm. Yeah, I don't know, you know, because you, you can't. 
you know, I don't know how how quickly something would heal in that. I've never known anyone to to sort of in football anyway to have an injury where they've sort of broken their elbow. Yeah. You know where it's sort of snapped in half because that's what I thought I'd done. It was like a, I think what had happened, Paul. In in all honesty, I think it was like a dislocated shoulder. Yeah. Where it's just sort of mm. it's all sprung forward in an awkward position and because of my weight i think it's it's bent my elbow the wrong way yeah yeah uh which is unusual when you fall down you normally sort of collapse on your elbow but i think my hand must have twisted round and and it's it's sort of now my hand's gone down in such a way that it's forced my elbow uh, my joint to sort of pop forward into a position which it shouldn't do <laughs> yeah and then just pop back so uh, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a painful injury, uh, but 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 obviously you know once I knew the diagnosis, uh, it wasn't a question. It wasn't going to be difficult for me to keep training. I just had to keep out of games. Yeah, so I could keep my fitness going. Did you miss the switch in the Arsenal game because you had two away games back missed, to back yeah, after I missed, that? I, yeah, I missed a few games, Paul. But yeah. I, I, I probably missed about. I don't know. I think it was about four or five, actually. You got Ipswich yeah. away, Arsenal away, West yes. Brom at home, and then the yes. first leg of the European Cup semi-final against Anderlecht. Yeah, so I was back for that. Yes, he missed yeah. three games. Yeah, so... What was that like? And was it was it best playing them? Because previously, OK, first round, you played Valor away. at home, yeah. but then Don Mobilin and Kiev, you yeah. both played them away. You were drawn to Anderlecht home first was that an advantage or a disadvantage how did you feel going into that game uh i don't think it really mattered to us yeah yeah i i, I don't think playing away or playing at home has any advantage at all to be yeah. honest yeah because uh, you're playing against good teams yeah because they would probably felt as comfortable playing away from home as we felt comfortable playing away from home it's just sometimes that when you're playing at home there might be more impetus from your fans, yeah, getting behind you, but mm. it could work the other way as well. If you if you lose goals early on, yeah, your crowd might turn against you, and uh, you, you get put under pressure by you know the the fact that they're moaning and groaning. Yeah. So, and I, I never felt really that playing home and away first had any real bearing on uh, on what we were trying to achieve. Yeah, so I think in, in the first game at all, uh, it looks here from the team is that. Uh, we're we're pretty much back to you know uh, our, our what I would say probably our, our first eleven yeah yeah everybody's fit uh, so we go into that game now with everybody fit uh, again there's another thirty eight thousand yeah uh, Tony again scores the goal that sort of matters to us great yeah, goal but, as uh, well wasn't it brilliant ball it, by it Steve was, yeah, and great was, control yeah. by Morley. Yeah, it was typical, typical Tony, the way he's, he's shimmied and picked the ball up halfway in, his, in their half and then gone at them and, 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 and you know, they've delivered a great goal again. But mm. uh, I think there's, 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 there is something interesting uh, that I, I read about the way they played. Yeah, apparently there was a, a, a little, apparently the, the, the Belgian press just felt that the manager, who was called Evac, okay. Tomislav Evac, yeah, mm. he says here, the strong feeling was growing, yeah, 
that in 1982 might just be Anderlecht's year, despite widespread antagonism towards the coach, Tomislav Ivic, whose largely negative tactics yes. offered a stark contrast to the Cavalier approach, which had accompanied much of the, of the club's early domestic and European success. Anyone leafing through the Villa Newsman record before the first uh, leg was certainly left in no doubt about what was in store from the opponents controlled by the 49-year Yugoslav, who was described in the official programme as a non-smoking teetotaler who expects rigid discipline from his players both on and off the pitch. Well, I suppose you, <laughs> that that might have been levelled at Ron Saunders at one stage, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But I think that the fact that Ron did like a cigar, <laughs> and he, he certainly wasn't a teetotaler, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, it, 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 he wouldn't have fallen into that category, but it certainly might have done. But Evic's game had already gained notoriety in Belgium, based as it was on a, on a well-organised offside trap combined with mass mark mass attacking, or rather more frequently, mass defending. It's the way kids play in school, with the description afforded Evic's tactics by one Belgium journalist, who, had, who added ominously, expect that discipline is unbendingly applied. So, he was getting stick from his own, from his press, you know, about the way they were playing. And I think, I think I tend to remember Anderlecht being being the kind of side that had a bit of swagger about them, you know, going going back in time. Oh, they were a they crack see, side, Anderlecht, yeah, in the day, yeah? yeah? Yeah, you know, and, and so all of a sudden now, they've put this guy in charge. Of, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he's, uh, he's, what's his name? He's, he's, he's looked to play a different type of football. Yeah, so Again, that's what whether that do, was whether they? that was good for us, whether that was good for us, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, you know, uh, maybe it was good for us. Yeah, from that point of view, that they were had more a defensive side than an attacking side. Yeah, and so it was up to us to break them down. And I think what you got there is you got you got you only need one goal, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if the other team are very much sort of centered around defending. It, in a way, it probably makes our game easier yeah. because if they just sit back all the time and just look for what was probably called a counter-attack, because that's probably how they made would play, yeah, then then that would be uh, that would be beneficial to us. Uh, this little this is something from the Birmingham Mail. Uh, the outcome, not unexpectedly, was a dour sterile contest which prompted a scathing attack on Anderlecht's boss by Lee Nickman in the following days, Birmingham Evening Mail. If ever there was a way to kill football in 10 years, Ickman wrote, Evac has found it. Clearly a negative thinker. He has found players of undoubted skill and turned them into a collective farm where everyone does exactly as told and free expression is allowed only if it is ordered. Football communism, perhaps. That was a a scathing attack from Leon Ickman. You know, after uh, we played them, yeah, so 
I yeah. don't think he lasted that long after because the I UEFA Cup so. final in 1984 against Spurs, uh, Van Himst was the uh, was yeah. the manager. Yeah. So it, it may well have been his last. You probably killed him off, Dennis, basically. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I, I I doubt if we killed him off. I think he probably killed himself off. Absolutely, because yeah. You got to remember is that you know it, it's not the play, it's it's not the players. Yeah. You know, the players want to play a certain way exactly. and you be told to play one way. It's management, it's, it's, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it's, it's management down mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, that's the, uh, that's the thing, yeah. All uh, down to your philosophy of football and how you want your players to go out and play. And when you have that attitude to the game, um, don't moan when it comes back, bite you in the bum and you get the tin tack because you've bored yeah. the pants off all your supporters. It's affected the crowds. You've got knocked out of cups um, when you should have done better. But because of your inability to attack, guess what? You get knocked out. And that's what you did to him, mate. You knocked him yeah. out. So you are actually in the final of the European Cup. You've got to remember, though, it felt great, but you've got to remember the trauma we went through after that game. Oh, yeah, it went on on and on, didn't it? I mean, up to the end of um, April, there were still inquiries, wasn't there? There was, You got fined, was it £14,500 and allowed to play the final? But it was was in the balance, wasn't it? Because UEFA and Elect had really put in, um, well, they'd gone in two-footed on Villa with the crowd disturbances. And they basically wanted you thrown out of Europe and them to play Bayern Munich. It was one of those periods where I personally felt that there's no way that UEFA could could, uh, throw us out of the trophy because the incident really, yeah, took place. And it was really something that was over very quickly from the point of view of what happened. Yeah. And it, it made no difference to any of the players on the pitch at the time. Yeah. And they were just clutching at straws. Yes. Yeah, they were. And I, I, I just found that the longer it went on, yeah, I just said to myself, well, why why are they doing this? Why why are they denying us our, 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 our place in the final when we've done everything right? We've not made the problem. The problem has been something off the pitch in a way, but but because the play the the, the supporter got on the pitch, obviously, you know, it it's had a now if it had affected a goal scoring opportunity, if it if it if it meant that a player was tripped up who was about to go into the box or something and get onto the end of a ball, then yeah. yeah but the fact that it was a, a non event, mm. yeah. I just think it was like that. And uh it's there's a couple of quotes here, you know, finally we, we Finally, we, we, we get there. But Alan Evans quotes here. He said, uh, he was, I was more excited that night, this is the Andlek, that when we than when we won the final. Yeah. When people ask about my best, my best memory of the competition, I always say Andlek because it was such an achievement yeah. to have reached the, court, the Cup, European Cup final. It gave me goosebumps. That's Alan. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I then got a quote underneath. You know, there's quite a few of us quoted here in the book, so it, it's it's good to just to look back and think that you know we said these words. Uh, I go on to say it suddenly hit me that we were in the final. I wasn't even thinking we might win it right at that moment. It didn't matter. I was just happy, and we had proved the London press wrong. 
They felt history style should have won the title year before, but we had now proved that we were worthy champions. So I was, I was more sort of interested in, you know, the fact that, you know, this is now, yeah, you know, fingers up to the London press because, mm. you know, they were so much behind Ipswich uh, that, you know, we'd proved now that uh, having got to the final, yeah, we'd, we'd been worthy champions, you know, a bit like Forrest had done when they got to the final. Uh, Gordon Cowan's quoted, the feeling at the final whistle was unbelievable, almost as good as winning the final. It was such an incredible achievement to get there. I can't begin to describe the emotion in the dressing room afterwards. There's, there's nothing worse in football than losing the semi-final. And having come this far, we were determined it wouldn't happen to us. We just played our normal game. It was brilliant to think it had got us to the final. Yeah. So Swaney, we, had, we felt we had climbed our Everest when we won the semi-final. Now everyone was wondering if we could repeat it, you know. So, you know, there's quotes like that to go on. I think, I think basically, you know, we're, we're asking all the players, but yeah, we're there. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think what happened, you know, I think it was it Dennis Howell got involved. Yeah. Yes, he probably did. He was, was, he was very good, wasn't he, Dennis? Yeah, he was because, uh, so obviously now we're, we're having to, you know, answer to UEFA. Mm. And it was the, the Villa party included FA chairman Bert Miller, secretary Ted Croker, and former minister for sport, Dennis Howell. Mm. He, they claimed the Belgians ignored UEFA guidelines for crowd control, sent supporters to the wrong areas of the ground and failed to enforce effective segregation they ain't got the best record, have they, to be fair, the Belgians no, in Europe? No, no, no. And so uh, McFarland was certainly happy with this. This is from the UEFA, I think, yeah. Uh, he was happy with their arguments, commenting afterwards, mm. I am satisfied that Aston Villa followed to the letter all the UEFA ground rules on the sale of tickets and stewardship. So eight days after the match, on Thursday, April the 29th, Owls accompanied Secretary Steve Stride to Azura to present the club's case and await your wee physician. No one and Andalette would claim that they had been about to score. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, OK. Yeah. Uh, it was a nerve-wrecking experience as Stride vividly recalls. I, he said, I must admit, I feared the worst because I certainly couldn't recall the state of play when the match was stopped. He says, well, I do, I remember it. Yeah, uh, there was nothing like a goal-scoring opportunity. From the moment we entered the room, without hearing and joy, I felt we were up against it. English clubs could always always seem to be more heavily punished than other European clubs. Then Dennis, bless him, came up with a question which ensured the game would not have to be restaged. Anderlecht claimed that we denied a goal by a fan running on the pitch, but Dennis was a former first-class referee and knew exactly what our approach should be. He simply asked, where the game had been restarted, and the answer was that it resumed just inside our half. The Belgians could hardly argue they were about to break through our defence from yeah. there. Yeah, so well done, Dennis. Yeah, so we were fined 50,000 francs, and then we were ordered to play our next European game, our own game, behind closed doors. Mm. So that was our punishment. Yeah, but we were there. Yeah, this is the first time in Aston Villa's history. Yeah. We were in a final, a European final. The big one, the European yes. Cup final yes. against Bayern Munich. It was a David versus Goliath 
so the press had put it, but I look at it. That's an Aston Villa team that won the English First Division that's got to the European Cup final. Our English teams are any match to any team in the world, whether that be Bayern Munich, Anderlecht, Barcelona, Real Madrid. This is Aston Villa versus Bayern Munich. This is no David versus Goliath. These are two good teams going head-to-head. Yeah, you know, you get to a final of a tournament and you've earned it. Absolutely. Paul, you know, you, you've earned the right to go and, you know, contest that game. I know names in football, yeah. And you look at the players that they've got playing for them, you know, the international, uh, German internationals, and the two the two big names, Rummenigge and Breitner. Yeah. yeah two, two guys who have been to the World Cup on numerous occasions, and I think they might have won it by then, yeah, uh, been... been been in the team, but they were they were stars of uh, German football. Yeah, so it was uh, it was always going to be a daunting task. But I think from our point of view, we knew we were playing uh, after that long wait. You know, after Anderlecht. So we, we I think what what that did is it, it sort of I think it helped us not to focus on Bayern for a while because yeah. we weren't sure we were going to be there. Uh, so it, it it was it was good now that we had a an opportunity. Yeah. So you didn't uh, ask Paul Breitner about um, Chairman Mao, did you, by any chance? No, no, no. <laughs> Apparently, when he was a kid, he was really into that ideology. Was he? Yeah, okay. and um, and yeah. really kind of distanced himself in later life from it. Right. In no. fact, I was listening to a podcast the other day where they says, "Whatever you do, ask him anything. He'll answer anything." Do not ask him about Chairman Mao. He got the better of him. He says, "By the way, Paul, uh, right. what's yeah. this about Chairman Mao?" And he wasn't too pleased. But what yeah. a player! And scored the um, the first goal in the World Cup final in 1974, didn't he, Paul Brighton? Where Gerbmuller yeah. scored the uh, the winning goal against the Dutch. Yeah, you know he was. Uh, I mean, Rubenigger was a handful. Yeah, he was the one. You know, he was uh, such a a quick. You know, this uh, incisive player. Was he European you know, player I, of the yeah. year as well, Dennis, by the way, at he, that time? I think he was, wasn't he? He must have got some awards because yeah. he was always he was always on the he was he was one of those players that you didn't you couldn't miss. Yeah. Because yeah, he was so involved in a game. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, so so this is uh so that we're in the final now and Rob's Rob's labelled the start of this chapter the magnificent miss it. Go on. <laughs> right. So, goal of the season, no chance. Oh, come goal on. He won't miss it that goal. bad. <laughs> Let's listen. Yeah, listen. This is Rob. Yeah. Let's be honest. It was only goal of the game because there was only no other contenders. Peter <laughs> Wynn couldn't have cared less. With arguably the most awkward contact, contact of his career, he had claimed the most significant goal in Aston Villa's history. Yeah. The one which made them kings of Europe, needless to say. The magnificent missus is etched in, indelibly on our mat, on his mind. Yeah. I can remember as it happened yesterday, he insists, Tony Morley turned the defender one way and then the other. Miles Orgenthaler was marking me, but he sensed the danger and moved across the cover, which left me on my own as I reached the six-yard box. Tony drove the ball out across the goal mouth, but it seemed to happen in slow motion. And I said to myself, concentrate. The ball is a divot as it reached me. And it half hit my shin and half hit my ankle before flying against the post and in. I'm convinced that if I had struck it properly, the keeper would have saved it. 
But he didn't expect that. Yeah, I was too close to the goal to run to our supporters, so I ran into the net to celebrate. Gary Shaw was the first to reach me, and then Gordon Cowan jumped on my neck and dragged me to the ground. I must have resisted a bit because he kept saying, "Get down, you bastard!" <laughs> <laughs> I think he did. Uh, if you if you watch that, you can see Gordon <laughs> saying something to him. Yeah, but I didn't realise he'd said that. Yeah. Yeah. But let, yeah. let's talk about that move, and then we're going to talk about the the move from Jimmy Rimmer from his goal to then Nigel Spink yes. coming on and and playing, yeah. as you say, his, his first game for Villa. And I don't think there's many Villa supporters that actually knew who he was at the time or knew what was going on. I don't think you fellas knew what was going on when Jimmy come out the goal. No, we didn't. But that 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 goal. I've looked at it again, time and time again. It was just a fantastic pass and movement. And when the ball got to Tony Morley, that defender didn't know whether he was Arthur or Martha. He turned him inside out. I mean, he almost put him on his backside. It was a fantastic move. OK, with he didn't get the greatest connections. But you're right, sometimes when you do get a great connection, the goalkeeper saves it. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you could you could look at that and analyse yeah. it a lot of ways, mm-hmm. especially Peter's uh, shot. Yeah, but I think if he'd have got his foot behind it, I think he was so close to goal. I don't think any keeper would say the only yeah. way the keeper would have saved it if Peter had actually directed the ball back yeah. towards the goalkeeper mm-hmm. and hit him on the legs or something. Uh, but if if you know, and that would have been obviously the shape of his foot when the ball came over. Yeah. But, but, you know, he, he's got this little nick and uh, the ball's in the back of the net. It's hit the inside of the post. Who cares? Exactly. You, know, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> you don't mind how you score goals, Paul, no. especially, especially a goal in the final yeah. of the European. I mean, Peter's now, you know, he's uh, who scored the winning goal for, for Aston Villa in, in the uh, European Cup final. Peter Wiz. Yeah. yeah. Don't we all wish we were that man? Yeah. But anyway, listen, we don't worry about that because, you know, we're all... We're all we've all we've all had a charmed life really going through the European competition. You know, we've 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 uh, we've had to endure an awful lot in our travels and everything. But now, you know, here we are in in, in Rotterdam uh, playing the final, and and it's the uh, you know it 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 seems it's I think I don't know what it was, but there seemed to be the lads were so relaxed, Paul. Yeah. You know, it just seemed as if that you know the. There was there was no there was no nervousness about playing the game, yeah, and 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 probably because you know one of the things that we never did and we never did this with Ron either is that we never spoke about the opposition, yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, we we would know about the opposition, but but we would never we'd never have a sit down meeting and and you know go through like loads and loads of slides or have a flip chart talking about how they play and everything. Uh, that was us. That was up to us as players to understand that once we're on the field of play, they're thinking about how we're going to play yep. as well. And I think I, I I remember reading something. I've got a newspaper clipping uh, that uh, I read about Paul Brighton, where he he says something about uh, Aston Villa don't play like uh, normal uh, England te- English teams. They play a different way, and uh, I don't know what that other way was, but I think I, I was just wondering at the time when he said that, where there was a bit of kidology. Mm, yeah, probably. Uh, but but as I said earlier about how the way they played, they played a way that you know if 
maybe if we'd have had a look at them and how they play, it might have given myself and Des a little bit more information about what are what how we might have feared in that uh, feared in that game. You know, from the point of view of making those runs that we we like to do, because as I say, I I can't remember making a run where I got beyond the defensive uh, the centre offs. So you know, they they I think they they'd obviously done their own work on us. Uh, and made it difficult for us to play the game we wanted to. So, I think from our point of view, we just had to make sure in midfield that we 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 competed, mm. yeah, and we made it as difficult as possible for them. And I think we did that all over the park. I think you know everybody was was having to, I think, raise the game against you know a, a, a very good uh, German side, and you know I think. I think that was it, really, for from our point of view. Is that we all knew what we had to do as a job, uh, and uh, yeah. we we went about it in a way that, well, if we can stay in this game as long as we can, the longer it goes, we always say that you'll get one chance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we got that chance, and they had chances. They had a lot more chances than we did. But I think when you think back on it. And you think about the swap we made in goal. I think that was a, that was the story of the game, really. Yeah. Besides no, the did, goal, yeah. I think the story of that game was Nigel Spink. What was the players' thoughts when that happened? Because you know your goalkeeper is a. I mean, every player is important, of course they are on the pitch. But when it's your goalkeeper and it's Jimmy Rimmer, and you've got a rookie that's going in goal. And you didn't know about it. You must have just looked at it, and it must have gone round the pitch. All of you looking aghast. What the hell's going on? What's going on? What what was the the pitch like at that time, you players, when you saw what was unfolding in front of your eyes? Well, I, I remember uh, my remember uh, me, uh, my memory of that time was that. Uh, yeah, I think I, I can't remember where the ball was, but I wasn't looking at the goal at yeah. our goal. I think I think the ball might have been about midway on the halfway line, mm. and I, I I just remember uh, all of a sudden seeing like uh, Tony on the touchline, uh, and I don't know whether what he was doing, but I, I think he was maybe sort of saying to the uh, trying to get to the linesman and saying, "Look, we need to make a change." Yeah. yeah. That must have been what he was doing because the game had stopped. So the game had stopped, and and I'm thinking, why is it stopped? And then I've looked around, and I've, I've you know, towards our goal, I, uh, just looking around the pitch and thinking, what's going on here? And then I see Jimmy walking across the pitch with his uh, his bag where he keeps his gloves in, and sort of shaking his head. Yeah. I think, where's Jimmy going? We <laughs> <laughs> had enough, Jim. Yeah. So. <laughs> So Jimmy's now made his way off the pitch. And I think Tony must have known that something else because he, he must have said to Jimmy, look, give me a, a nod or something mm. if you're not happy. Yeah. Because it didn't take long for Nigel to get on the pitch. Mm. You know, it wasn't as if Nigel wasn't ready. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tony knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think as soon as he got that nod for Jimmy, I think he immediately said to Nigel, get yourself ready, you're going on in a couple of minutes. Yeah. So there you go now. His first game in the first team. Yeah. 
Yeah. What a debut. He's not played before. No. You know, he's not played in the yeah. first team before. Yeah. So, if he's not played for us before, what are we thinking? Exactly, yeah. yeah. My We're God. thinking to ourselves, well, I've never seen Nigel in goal. No. Yeah. Is he any Which, good? <laughs> <laughs> well... That's what you're thinking, ain't you, really? Yeah. Let's be honest. Well, we, well we, we know he's decent because, yeah. obviously, he'll have trained with us. But yeah. a lot of the time when we did our training, we probably... He probably was away with the reserves. Mm. And, and and we would probably just be smashing balls at Jimmy. Yeah. You know, normally you'd probably bring both keepers over so they have a break. Mm. But I don't... You know, I can't remember sort of as having too many sort of uh, shooting uh, sort of... Uh, uh, training sessions where it was just you know us and Jimmy because mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy was always one of them that he, he, you know if someone if someone sort of you know so what you normally do you sort of you'd line up you'd be in a line and, and, and Ron normally would just be on the edge of the box and you'd play a ball into him and he'd, he'd lay it off and then you know you'd smash it into the back of the net or try to beat Jimmy with it but mm-hmm. you know so Jimmy would sort of sort of close the gap down a little bit and be standing on the six yard box or, you know, and, and then some clever so-and-so would then chip him. Yeah. And when anyone chipped Jimmy, Jimmy just let it go in the goal. Yeah. He, he, he didn't go for it. And he'd just say to the player, you wouldn't do that in a game. Who <laughs> <laughs> was the player that would always chip him? Well, there'd be one or two who'd have a go, you know, who'd fancy the chances, but... You know, it 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 probably it probably be Morley or, or or Gordon probably. You know, who just tried to chip him. But yeah. you know, but his answer to that was he he'd never go for it and say, yeah, you wouldn't do that in a game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so, but 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 so I I you know again I can't think of really too many times when I might have seen Nigel in operation. Yeah. Yeah. On the training pitch, but he must have been there. He must have joined in with Jimmy because, you know, I I. It would have been it would have been physically too much for Jimmy to you know sort of mm. you know have shot after shot. It, it wasn't the way you'd work. You know, it wasn't that you know you'd have your both goalkeepers there anyway. Yeah. So, but anyway, you know, so he's on the pitch now. Yeah. Uh, so best thing for us to do is just get on with it. Yeah. Yeah. So you can. He's do. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's on there, Paul, yeah. because you know he's he's uh, he's our he's our second goalkeeper, mm-hmm. uh, and Tony knows what he can do. Because it was probably Tony who spotted him, yeah, when he brought him into the football club because he was chief scout at the time. So, you know, Nigel's good stature, he's got a good build for a goalkeeper, yeah, yeah, young lad. So, been looking forward to playing in the first team, but hey, not in the European <laughs> Cup final. So, there you are, Nigel Spink, hero of our time, yeah, and uh, what a game he played. 11 but, but, heroes that day, yeah. Dennis. Yeah, no, 11 but, but, heroes. That's right, that's right. But, you know, he, you've got to, you've got to sort of pat uh, Nigel on the back a little oh, bit right um, now because it was yeah. just uh, an amazing... It was an amazing sort of in, in, introduction yeah, for him, you know, to come on in the European Cup final, mm. your first game in the first team. It's uh, not an easy thing to do. And I... I I don't know how much now. I've never asked Nigel this, but I probably need to. Yeah, is uh, did he know about Jimmy? Yeah, mm. or was it was it just one of those moments where Tony's looked around him and said, "Look, 
you're going on in a minute. If you was the manager, what would you have done to a rookie goalkeeper? I know what I would have done. I wouldn't have told him. I think you probably were right there because Mm. if you'd have told him, he would have been thinking to himself. Thinking too much. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So going out there and realising now that you... You've, you've got your first game in the first team yeah. and you're playing against Bayern Munich in the final. Yeah. I've got to I've got to be at my best because he's on to a hiding for nothing, isn't he, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can because, I mean, yeah. You know, because if, if for some reason he made some kind of mistake and all that, and it mm-hmm. leads to uh, a goal or something, then, you know, he's, he's going to be, well, not blamed, but it's going to be a certain amount of uh, sort of, the press asking a question. Yeah, criticism will be there, yeah, well, absolutely. Why has he never played in the first team before? Yeah. yeah. How can you just put him on like mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Anyway, you know, it was, uh, it all worked out well in the end for us, Paul. Yeah. It certainly and, uh, did. And you brought you know, the European Cup home to yes, Birmingham. Yes. yes. No beard? No beard at the reception? Uh, reception was in, in Amsterdam. Yeah? Yeah. So, uh, we had to get from Rotterdam Stadium then, yeah. And uh, did you parade think... it around the streets of Birmingham as well, Dennis? Like the league championship, we did, yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, mm. I think, I think the good thing about winning the trophy on the night was that we were able to to get it and parade it around the ground, yeah, with the fans, mm. over you know, sort of looking on. Whereas, if you remember when we won the the league championship, we actually yep. was given the trophy on the Sunday morning yeah. uh, at the Villa uh, Leisure Club, mm. uh, and by uh, Jack Wiseman, and then we jumped on the bus and then went into Birmingham. Yeah, so it's much better, you know, as as players to actually get to get the trophy. And get your your lap of honour around oh, the pitch. Absolutely, it it just and for seems the fans to, as well. Yeah, absolutely. You see, so it just it, it, it just seems the way you know the, the way that trophies are won that you, you parade them straight away. Yeah, mind you, if that had happened down at uh, at, uh, at Arsenal, I don't think we'd have got on the pitch. You know? No, you probably wouldn't have. To be fair, we wouldn't yeah. have got on the pitch. Nah, we wouldn't have got on the pitch. You know, so uh, so yeah, so we've now you know got that pitch. So. We, 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 we've now got to get to back to uh, uh, Amsterdam, where all the staff from the club are now in the hotel. You know, they were all at the game and all the wives and, and girlfriends and everything. Uh, but we're slightly delayed uh, because uh, Withy and Big Ken have been told now that they need a drugs test. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, that, that was now going to all the... Because you know, after the game, it's virtually imp- impossible to have a wee. Yep. So there's Ken and yep. Peter now just sitting in, in the room with the two guys from Bayern Munich and the thing themselves, well, look, I don't know how long this is going to take, but we need something to drink. Hmm. Yeah. So the story Ken, uh, the story Ken tells is where he now sees a guy walking past the uh, room they're in with a crate of beer. Yeah. <laughs> so he quickly runs out, grabs all of it and says, can you get us one of them? Yeah. Uh, so instead of drinking water, yeah, <laughs> the guy's now a, a drinking beer. Yeah. 
you know, the, I think Ken, off, Ken offered the German guys a drink, but they, they wouldn't take one. Yeah. But so what we had to do, we had to leave them there. Yeah, you would, yeah. We had to leave them and we got back, we then got to the hotel with the trophy, uh, started the celebration with the with the with the staff and everything. And and Peter and uh, Ken came about two hours later in a taxi, you know. So by the time they got there, the night was over. Yeah. Because it I think it was about oh, after twelve o'clock before yeah. uh, well after twelve o'clock by the time we got back to Amsterdam. So you know, the lads would have been uh, they would have been buzzing because of winning it and everything. But I think uh, quite a lot of us as well would have been looking forward to getting some kip because we were we were up the next day uh, pretty early uh, to get back to Birmingham. Yeah. So it was uh, flying back into Birmingham Airport, which was great. Yeah, didn't have to sort of travel somewhere too far to go uh, to get back to the hill. And it was, it was back into Birmingham. And uh, I think it was a few days later at the weekend then where we, we had the, the tour you know, with the cup into the into the city centre again, uh, in front of all the fans. And you had some wonderful but, pictures taken on the plane with the European Cup as well, didn't you? Yes, yes. Well, I managed, I got up to off front. Yeah. And had a had a a, a photograph with the captain. You know, uh, so two captains, yeah, uh, with the trophy. He took his hands off the wheel. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> He's got his hands on the cup and thinking, who's, who's flying this thing, mate? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have the cup. Dennis, you fly the plane. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. You know, he had his moment of fame as well. Yeah, so it was... Uh... So, 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 as I say, Paul, you know, the, the, the good thing is is that this road to Rotterdam, you know, if you want to read a little bit more... If you want I should to get definitely more, buy it. I should definitely you, get if, it. Yeah, if you, if you want to get a little bit of insight into mm. what the players were thinking and their thoughts and everything, and, you know, the things like, you know, from, from Tony Barton and everything. Yeah, so I've got the picture in front of me here of me and the captain. He's got both hands on the trophy. He's got a, he's got a hat on, which has got European Cup winners. I've got his hat on, yeah, which is like, you know, got the, got the badge on and everything. And... I can just see over my shoulder there is someone else at the at the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They usually have two pilots. <laughs> yeah. Just so, in case. Just in case. Yeah. 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 So so it was a it was a it was a, a, a happy homecoming. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and, and everybody's sort of uh, well pleased and it's it's back to the fans. Yeah. Superb. Uh, yeah. And you've got a, a... How many evenings have you got to celebrate it now, Dennis? I know that you're at the Copthorne on the 30th of, uh, of September, 30th of this month, aren't you? With the uh, George Best and um, Duncan Edwards uh, night. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah we're, going, we're going to be there with, uh, obviously, Jim Cadman, who's looking yeah. after us, yeah. with our AV40 yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so what we've got now is that... Unfortunately for us, and co- and because of COVID, we we ain't we haven't been able to do what we we planned. I think when we go back to when I first spoke with you, Paul, uh, yeah. Paul we we spoke about trying to get out on the road and get to meet the fans and 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 relive uh, winning the the, uh, the the first division championship. Yeah. yeah. So we've still got that in mind. We're gonna we're gonna be doing that as soon as we can. Uh, there are a few things Jim's Jim's uh, organised, which were 
we're going to hopefully get going. We've just got to make, we've just got to hope that, you know, COVID doesn't strike again. Yeah, sure. Uh, and puts uh, our celebration, well, putting our opportunity to, to, to get together with the fans, because that's what it's all about. It's about, it's about us meeting and, and, and reminiscing with the, the, the fans from, you know, sort of uh, 80, 81, 82. Because what we do now is that, you know, we, we move into the 40th year uh, and sort of celebration of winning the European Cup as well. So this is a double header. Yeah. Yeah. This is a double header. So we we were open to have had a meal, a big meal with the fans at the end of last season, but that wasn't possible. So what we're doing, uh, we'll be looking forward now to sort of doubling that up uh, at the end of next season and, and you know, on the... Uh, celebrating winning of the European Cup, yep. as well as having previously won the, the First Division Championship. So they're our plans, uh, and we'll keep everybody we'll keep everybody informed. Uh, those who, you know, uh, are interested, you know, there's uh, our AV40 tribute site, which they can go to. Uh, we've got a face we've got a Facebook page as well, uh, which there's uh, plenty of. Fantastic photographs of you know the guys from that that that, that period, and we'll probably be putting a, a few more on now because it's the European Cup year, yeah. And uh, we'll be finding a few photographs that we can put up onto the uh, onto the Facebook page. So you know those who are interested in it and want to to really get involved and uh, want to find out more about everything we're going to do. Uh, as I say, is is get into the uh, av40 tribute dot uh, com page and uh, you'll get everything that you need to know absolutely Dennis and I'm just going to reiterate that on Facebook guys it's av40 40th anniversary tribute page on Twitter it's at av40t and the website that ties it all together is av40tribute.com and we have pages and Twitter feeds villa through the years um, we will be retweeting and sharing everything and I'd love to going forward Dennis do a number of podcasts I'm going to I've lined one up with Tony I'd love to talk yeah. to all of you guys about your memories of being champions of Europe and that we will help you as much as what we possibly can, sir. No, that's great, Paul. And, and you know, the lads, uh, they enjoy talking about it. And, you know, the, the big thing really for us is is this, as we said at the start, is the, the filming with BT Sport. Yep. Uh, it's going to be called The Villains. Yep. Yeah. And it's... Uh, it's 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 all it's all about uh, you know the the winning of the league and then winning the European Cup and you know if I know you know and have watched things that BT Sport do this is going to be another you know champion sort of film yeah, and this will be out yeah uh, next May you know uh, but hopefully what we will do and try to do or Jim will try to do Jim Cadman will will be to try and get a a, a preview. Yeah, so that we can stick it on on the website. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that the fans can get a flavour of it. Yeah, uh, and a few trailers. You know, and uh, you know, and and we just hope that you know when they come to editing, uh, that they they do a good job for us. And if it's BT Sport, I'm sure they will. You know, so there's there's plenty of there's going to be plenty uh, for for the guys to get uh, you know to to get into to decide which bits they want to put on which which comments you know from the players and everything so uh, 
uh, we all look forward to it. I certainly look forward to it because I think it's great that, you know, after 40 years, we, we can get this down on film. And for, from our point of view, it, it'll give us a chance now to, to, to have something just to remind us again of those marvellous two seasons. Absolutely, Dennis. And can I thank you so much for your time, sir? And if you would kindly ask any of the guys if they want to do a podcast, I'd be only too happy to record all their memories and go through the games of that fantastic uh, achievement 40 years ago, 41 years ago now, when you won the Football League Championship and then went on to conquer Europe and became champions of Europe. And I know the Villa faithful uh, love singing you'll never sing that, you'll never sing that, Champions of Europe, you'll never sing that, because that is only five teams, uh, Villa, Forest, Chelsea, Manchester United and Liverpool, and of course, Celtic Football Club makes the six of the British clubs, but only five English clubs have ever done that, and you are the only team from the West Midlands to have ever achieved that status as well, so... Congratulations, Dennis, and thank you very much, sir. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. No, it's been a pleasure, Paul, and it's uh, good. And I'll, I, I certainly will get a few more for you to to get their memories to you because it's, it's, you know, we've, we're all coming from a different place. Absolutely, absolutely. Cheers, Den. Thanks Cheers, for your Paul. time, thanks mate. A lot. Cheers, Bye. pal. Bye bye now. Bye bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.